Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of February 23rd. I'm your host, D. Suave, Derek Kessinger. As always, joined by my editorial staff of future Hall of Famer Todd Turner, notes master Kevin Kovac, and big shot Bob Robert Holman. Guys, we did it. Speed Weeks 2022 is in the books. What a whirlwind. Where do we begin? Oh, I know. Kovac, I think I got my prediction right. During Volusia, seven races, seven different winners. It was just a hodgepodge of different winners at Volusia last week. Pretty impressive there, D. Suave. I don't think you actually got one of the, you know, you didn't pick any of the nights on race day, on our race days, like who the winner would be. But I don't think none of us really had much success in that regard. But uh, but it was good. Man, seven different winners. Uh, even that held over race from January was a different winner. Uh, a lot of parody there, that's for sure. That was uh, It was good to see the money spread around the last week at Volusia. And Robert, your boy Dennis Herb Jr. wins another one at Volusia. We can talk about that a little bit. Just how good is it, though, for the sport when you have seven different winners like that? But it's also kind of funny because Ryan Gusson, he wins at the beginning of the week. He's a hero. And by the end of the week, he's like depressed. We stink. I don't think we should run anymore. It's just uh, – just a classic week of dirt late model racing. It seems all wrapped up into one. That that is uh, the nature of our sport, Derek. <laughs> you you go. I mean, you go out there and you you work your tail off and you have success, and then you have this quick turnaround, and it's like who, who won yesterday? Nobody even knows because you're you're coming right back and you're you're running these races so fast. Uh, you know, you have to go back and, and look at your notes to see, to even see who wins, you know, even, especially when there's seven winners, uh, I will give props to, to Dennis Irv. Of course, I think he was the only one that won at both East Bay and Volusia. So kudos to him, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I understand how it feels when you go out there and you win a race and you're, you're on this, this mountain, this high, and then you come back the next night and you struggle or you, you don't make the show and you're like, you look at yourself like, wait, was that a, you know, what, what happened yesterday? You know, was that, was that, uh, you know, unexpected wind, you know, it's just very difficult, uh, sport and it's very, any driver will tell you it's very, very humbling. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about that. And Todd, uh, just outside looking in, you were watching, uh, dirt vision all week. What caught your eye during Volusia? It was, uh, Felt like a long week. We had a couple of late nights there, but towards the end, they kind of got it dialed in. But what caught your eye there? Well, it's funny that there was the parody of seven different winners, and I was pulling for you there, there after you made that prediction. <laughs> it's always fun to see different winners, but but it was mostly the same guys up front, uh, which is interesting that there were still uh, seven winners because we saw McDowell and Madden and Moran frequently up front. Uh, Moran didn't even win, even though he won the, the overall point championship. But I... Um, I, I guess those those uh, those guys really being consistently good. I guess maybe Mad McDowell uh, jump out the most. Really, uh, really were impressed. I mean, McDowell, uh, you know, he acts like he's still not a hundred percent after after his prostate cancer surgery and such. But but boy, what a steady run he had, and uh, um, and really his worst finish came because he got spun out of. Uh, spun uh, out, out of a top poss- possible top three finish another time. Um, if he would have had that, he would have had the best average finish of any driver at Speed Weeks and certainly at uh, at Volusia. But um, yeah, that those uh, 
those things uh, caught my eye for sure. So, yeah, we always like to see the parody. That's a lot of fun to see uh, multiple storylines and uh, multiple guys uh, spread the money around. Kovac, you were there all week. And first, before I ask anything racing-specific, how good was the ice cream all week? Oh, it was good. I didn't go six for six with the ice cream this year. I like those first two nights are pretty chilly. Uh, I, I bypassed it those nights. Uh, although on Tuesday, I did go over to the ice cream stand and it was already closed because it was so late. I mean, even the ice cream stand threw in the towel before that show was over uh, with that little bit of a rain delay plus the three divisions. So uh, there, there was no option there once I decided I'm going to go for it. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was very good. It's very good ice cream there. I think a lot of people would uh, back that up since uh, see everybody seems like they have an ice cream <laughs> in their hand at some point of the week. Uh, but one of the things that really stuck out to me, how about uh, that Kyle Hammer during the week? Uh, one moment yeah. on that Thursday. I got to think back. Yeah, Thursday night, I believe it was. Uh, he took the lead, a rookie. Uh, he's, he doesn't even have uh, 30 uh, starts in a dirt late, super late model under his belt. He's kind of been off and on. He ran as a young kid. He started out at 13, 14 years old um, uh, back in 2014, running a late model, you know, just locally with his dad, uh, Don, at, uh, at Farmer City, some local stuff in Illinois. And then he didn't race real at all for like three years after 2015 because he didn't keep his grades up in school. You know, hey, got to keep your grades up, kids, if you want to race sometime. So uh, he just sat out and then finally comes back after he's graduated and runs a you know, 2018, you know, last four years or so, uh, been running a modified, got in the late mile end of last year. And him and his dad decided, and his mother, uh, Bonnie, they decided to go racing, you know, with the late model and tackle the World of Outlaws series this year. They start off, I mean, they come out, you guys, you, Todd and, uh, and Derek, you were both there back in January when he comes out the first night at the Sunshine Nationals with Fast Time. And then he breaks a drive shaft and transmission and the heat. I mean, just so it's like, oh, God, he had a flash here, but, man, it might uh, it's getting the nightmare right afterwards. And, and he struggled a lot when he come back at Volusia until that Thursday night. He came out, starts up front, leads the first 17 laps. And you could that would have that would have been probably the upset of upsets uh, at Volusia over the years, because a guy uh, here, here's a kid first time with a late model at Volusia, uh, not even 30 starts, like I said. If he would have won that race, wow, would have that have been uh, been something to talk about? Uh, had a bad restart on uh, lap seventeen though, and they kind of got confusion with the signals. Got the signals crossed with his dad, went to the top instead of the bottom, gave up the lead, and ended up and ended up uh, getting spun around and, uh, and and taken out right after that. But man, disappointing for him. But then he comes back Saturday with a fifth place finish in Saturday's uh, finale. So. Man, it's yeah. He goes home as a guy. Kyle Hammer goes home as a guy that people took notice of. I think because of his good runs, uh, just two good runs at, at Volusia. But man, they went a long way, uh, getting his name out there. Hey, Land of Lincoln, another Illinois hot shoe we're bringing up. Hopefully, he continues his success. And uh, Robert, one of my biggest take- takeaways from Volusia was Chris Madden. He had a solid week, great finishes. He was in contention every night. He had that. Uh, Meltdown a little bit with uh, Mark Whitener there. His interview afterwards was uh, pretty good. He basically used um, good choice words without actually cussing. He used freaking, moron, idiot. He needs to say down in the south and just race crates talking about Mark Whitener. Yeah, but he wins the finale there, leading the World of Outlaw points. So he has said he hasn't really committed to a series yet, but how can he not when you're 
you know, up pretty good on Brandon Shepard there, but it was overall a good week for Chris Madden. That's uh, one of the things I thought about leaving Volusia on Saturday night. I mean, uh, Madden uh, enters 13 races. Uh, he makes 13 races. He he wins a race. I think his average finish was like 9.2 or something like that, and he, he banked over $30,000. It was a good good start for Chris Madden towards the World of Outlaws deal if he chooses, you know, to go that route based on how, you know, we all remember last year when he skipped a couple races, you know, and it really came back to bite him. Uh, so, uh, you know, an excellent start for, for Chris. And, you know, Chris is one of those characters that he's kind of a, a with fans, you, they have a love-hate relationship with Chris Madden. Uh, but I'll tell you, his post-race interviews, when he gets really – wound up they're pretty dang funny i mean they're 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 funny uh he gets when he gets wound up on somebody you know just like uh, uh like at crossville last year year before last when he told uh told somebody to go back to the trailer park um you know he he does have some he does have some interesting quips from from time to time and he was definitely wound up with Chris Madden. And, and if you look at it, if you go back and look at social media and, and you'll you hear me talk about social media a lot cuz I sit here and I follow it a lot. But a, a lot of people are like, well, he can take it, he can dish it out, but he can't take it, you know, because they they're referencing what happened to to McDowell the day before. Well, you know, if you look at that restart uh, Chris definitely really had to get on the brakes to keep from dumping Mark Whitener on that restart. Uh, so, you know, I, I can understand how he was frustrated because he looked like, and, you know, Fallujah's a big track that's aero-dependent, and when you get stuck behind somebody, it's really difficult to, to get back to him and make a pass. And he had a really good run going and probably felt like he was about to go to the lead. Instead, he goes back to fifth or sixth. So, I can see why he was upset there, you know, at the end of that race. I, I definitely could see it. Going back to the trailer park video, it was kind of funny because you watch it and he's kind of like smiling and very calm about it, Robert, when he's saying, you know, you need to go back to the trailer park, whatever it was. So uh, he always seems to be calm and collective, like you said. But, yeah, when he gets wound up, it, it was uh, it's pretty remarkable and uh, you very uh, – um, monumental when he does something like that so todd uh it's a, it's entertaining it's entertaining yeah it's, is it not it's, it's very it's entertaining right <laughs> yeah it's awesome and todd uh brandon overton did win one but he had a motor problems towards the end of it then the next night he had another you know mechanical looking issue then he you know wrecked and stuff like that it seemed like maybe he was potentially going to win three of them that that week and just of course the circumstances I know he didn't get the, as many W's as he as he liked, but it seems like he's still going to be dialed in this season. Yeah, he's clearly fast, although we see him being a little more human than last year. Last year, he seems just automatic, and very very few times that he run into uh, uh, run into problems that that cost him likely victories. Uh, I mean, he looked back; it's hard to believe he led every race at East Bay. I mean, that's I'm not sure if anybody's ever led all week at East Bay, but he didn't win, uh, which is unusual. And then, of course, uh, as you mentioned, the Belusha, even the one he won, he was fortunate uh, uh, that the, that his engine problems and smoking or oil line, whatever it turned out to be, uh, that that didn't cost him the win. So uh, 
Uh, Over Overton is Overton uh, as far as the speed and running up front, uh, but he, he he's not quite uh, reached that perfection level that he had uh, last season. Yeah, and looking at these stats here, he led 119 laps and eight feature starts. So if you're thinking to yourself, yeah, Overton probably won six or seven. That wasn't the case. But, guys, one final thing before we – oh, Robert, go ahead. I was just thinking, you know, could you imagine being – uh, being so disappointed, you leave Speed Weeks with three wins, and he has to be really disappointed. You know, most people are going to leave if you leave Speed Weeks with three wins, you're you're kind of elated. You feel like it was a great start, but for him, he's got to be a little bit disappointed, and and that kind of speaks to the caliber of uh, of where he was last year. Uh, you know, to to go down there and have those kind of runs and then not get those finishes. So he's he's got to be a little bit disappointed, even though, you know. I like him in, in in terms of he's kind of a one of those what I what I call an, an all shucks. He's like all shucks, you know. He's an all shucks racer. He's like ah shucks, you know. It's just that's racing. That's the way it is, you know. And uh, and he's going to kind of blow that off and go into the next race, but he's still got to be a little bit disappointed. Oh yeah, for sure. Because like Todd said, he was just so automatic last year, and I could argue that Brandon Shepard probably feels the same way. I know he won four features the most during Speed Weeks, but you know he was. He had a couple good runs at Volusia, but he wasn't that uh, typical dominating blue one car that we we're always used to seeing at Volusia. I know he didn't win one last year. It just seems like they were tick off. So I'm sure that team's kind of uh, a little disappointed as well. But guys, to finish off speed weeks, I kind of want to ask each and every one of you, we'll go around the, around the horn here. What are you going to remember most about the 2022 speed weeks? When we look back on it, you know, at the year end stuff, what are you going to remember, remember most Kovac? Well, I'm, Number one, it's Devin Moran. I mean, he had one of the – he didn't have the most prolific winning speed weeks of all time uh, with just three wins uh, compared to – like there's guys that get up there six, seven wins in the past, uh, I believe. Uh, but he was in the mix just about every night. I mean, we're talking 20 races he ran, uh, top 10 finishes in 18 of them. The only ones he didn't have a top 10 finish uh, were the first and the last. Back all the way in January, that one Sunshine Nationals race that was completed. Uh, at Volusia, which he was running top five when he hit a hole and ended up getting a little uh, getting damaged and spun it around and stuff. So uh, he was knocked out of that one. And then this past uh, Saturday, when he got in, a, uh, you know, had a bad qualifying effort. What you know, wasn't wasn't right up front, and the track was a lot tougher to pass on. And so he was stuck more in the back and ended up getting a twelfth. Although he did clinch the the Gator National, I mean the the, the big Gator with the Dirt Car Nationals Championship. Uh, so I, I, it almost feels like, man, with seven runner-up finishes, I mean, that's half the races he ran. He was in the top two. Pretty pretty good, pretty impressive. And it seems like this is like the year that you could always look back and say this is the speed weeks that Devin Moran became a, a national superstar. He had a great year last year. Uh, then to come right back out this year and, and, and get that uh, right off, right, right out of the gate, have such success down in speed weeks, it says a lot about where he's at, where that team is now. I mean, he's going to, he has lost Wiley, Wiley, his brother, of course. I mean, that was a big story that uh, Wiley will be uh, not being his full-time crew chief anymore as he's going to do some other stuff with his car detailing business. So that's going to be a little different. Uh, see how, although, I mean, Wiley obviously will still be around and help him a lot, but not full-time. So that's a little, little uh, change he's going to have to adjust to, uh, but still Devin Moran, uh, 
superstar now status now and and i would not be surprised if he wins a big one this year and i, I know he has his eye on one special race in june that's uh that's a moran race he'd like to keep it in the family that million at eldora yeah that would uh be be wild if he could repeat what his father did you know 20 some years ago and robert what's something that you're going to look back on during 2022 georgia florida speed weeks well, I think that uh, the first thing is that comes to mind, other than Devin Moran, is is uh, just the last seven races going without a repeat winner. You know that is that's pretty remarkable. I think, uh, but of course, I wasn't at those particular speed weeks. I mean, races. I was at the first kind of half, and um, so what really comes right to mind is just the how cold it was <laughs> for me because I was I was at those first eight races and you know and and how the conditions and stuff that uh that Kyle Bronson had to fight through as a first time um track owner and how windy it was at Golden Isles and how cold it was at Golden Isles so that's probably the first thing that pops into my mind really because you know that's where I was, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely agree that that this. I, I agree with Kevin though that this speed weeks was punctuated by by Devin Moran. I mean, there you can't you, you can't get past it. I mean, I, I think Sheppy is the only person that had more heat race wins. I think he had like eleven, and Moran had ten, and Overton had ten. So you know, and when you when you win that many heats and you get start up front that much, you're gonna have success. So so that's this speed weeks was punctuated by Devin Moran's success. But when you talk about me personally, uh, it was probably me freezing my, my butt off there at, uh, at golden Isles and some of those, some of those early races, you know? Yeah. Golden Isles feels like another hundred years ago or whatever. It felt a long, long time ago. And that Saturday was a little chilly there, but I still argue that Thursday night was the coldest Robert. It was, it was really cold because, um it was cold without as much wind you know um if and it it was kind of a shock to us coming from the north down here and we expect it to be nice and warm and we you know north for you and north farther north for me a little bit you know from tennessee to down there and and so i i come down there and i expect shorts and i don't think i unpack my shorts until the fourth fifth day you know it was it was it was cold the whole time down there. And, uh, and I don't think anybody would disagree, but you know, again, Kyle Bronson and his whole team there that is his girlfriend and, and the family and everything, they did a great job of getting those races in, uh, and to making sure that the kind of the show, the show went on. So you can't, you can't overlook the struggles that they had, even though they said it went smooth, it was a struggle. And I appreciate the fact that they were able to get those shows in. Yeah, they put their grind hats on and grabbed their lunch pails and persevered during that whole Golden Isles first part of Speed Weeks. Todd, other than Bucky's on January 19th when we went there on the way to Volusia, what stood out to you during 2022 Speed Weeks? Well, I, I think we have to address the, the fact that the, the expanded Speed Weeks, you know, uh, basically, if you count Volusia 1.0, which I would, uh, you're going January 20th to February 19th. We pack in uh, 
Uh, I guess there were three rainouts, but uh, 21 completed feature races. Um, I, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe in 10 years from now, what we look back at this year is, oh, that's when Speed Weeks became what it is now. Or will we, you know, will it condense a little bit? And I think the big factor of that, as we've talked about in, in Fast Talk, is with East Bay's expected closure here in a couple of years, will they fill that with a six-race track somewhere uh what what is going to happen and 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 you know we may see a little bit of a shrinkage of the schedule then uh but but uh it's hard to argue the appetite appears to be there there's lots of cars coming down uh enough cars at every track as a matter of fact i guess uh uh screvin uh screvin had the lowest car count it was kind of hanging out there by itself where in past years some of those georgia races have had a few more cars but uh solid car counts lots of cars everywhere um you know th that's not th that's not gonna make anybody not schedule a speed week race uh so yeah i think uh what we're waiting for to see is what happens uh with east bay's uh expected closure and and what kind of uh um what total number of races we see in the coming years yeah i wish we could just pick up east bay the whole racetrack and facility and take it somewhere because if if it does in fact close it's very, it's gonna be very sad i mean that place on saturday night and friday that i've never seen as many people there they it was uh you feel the electricity in the air which you really don't see as much in down in florida during speed weeks just because you know it's the weather sometimes older crowd because it's snowbirds down there so it was pretty cool to see that exciting crowd there at East Bay. Um, one thing that stood out to me is just like the newcomers, up-and-comers making some noise, guys like Ashton Winger, he was running around flirting with wins. He finally got one at Volusia. And then Tyler Bruning, you know, he's last two or three years has gotten better and better with uh, Shane Clay and those capital race cars. He had, you know, nine or ten top tens looking at the stats there. So it's very exciting to see those guys in Florida, the whole country's, watching looking at results either on dirt on dirt or just watching and you know on the pay-per-view so it's very cool and exciting to see guys like that uh, making moves at their you know first kind of georgia florida speed week splash that was very cool and then speaking of ashton winger you know we asked him during the speed weeks minute who's your top five drivers in the country and today the you know the poll came out the first one of the season and a national winger he's see where he got here i had it pulled up here got ranked in at number eight but the storyline is moran todd turner you've been doing this doing this for a long time taking the votes in tabulating them he gets his first ever number one spot and it's very very deserving yeah i think his as we've talked about his speed weeks was just so um you know, just his consistency uh pretty much earned him that even though clearly he and he and Overton and Shepard were the winningest drivers. Uh, Moran was just a tick better with that just consistency. And that's, uh, you know, last year he did, uh, I don't know exactly how high he got in the top 25. He might have got as high as second uh, during some of his hot streaks last year. But it's pretty cool to to uh, become uh, a top-ranked driver for the time. And uh, we'll see if we can he can hold on. It's a, it's an interesting, interesting rankings. Uh, um, you know, obviously heavily weighted with speed weeks, with uh, really speed weeks in the Wild West shootout, the prime events that have been done. But, uh, um, but yeah, we'll see how long he can hold on. Yeah, I think the way he's racing, he's going to tracks that he's very comfortable with here the next few races on his schedule. So 
If he can keep up his momentum, I think he's going to have it for the first part of the season. Obviously, Shepard, Overton, McDowell, and Madden, they might have something else to say about that. But Kovac, we are told by the guru, Todd Turner, to reflect the votes from January and February. So that's the Wild West shootout as well. He had guys like Mike Marler and Tyler Herb who won way back when at the Wild West shootout, you know, two wins, and then all of a sudden they're kind of quiet during speed weeks. That kind of hurt them in the rankings. So how did you go about this when you were doing the rankings? Yeah, I'm kind of looking right now at my uh, my, my paper that I used to kind of take some notes down about everybody. I kind of looked through – I went through all the uh, stats on from uh, Florida – from Florida, Georgia-Florida speed weeks first and, and just seeing how everybody stacked up, obviously. The, and I, and I kind of – Weighted them. I wrote this one group down of guys that are going to be like, that's the guys that would be in that bottom tier of the top 25 possibly. And then there was a top tier with Devin Moran, Brandon Overton, Brandon Shepard, Ashton Winger, McDowell, Madden, the, uh, Dennis Herb, Tank, Tim McCready, th- those guys, the guys that had won races also uh, during speed weeks. And I just kept looking. I wrote down how many wins they had, how many top fives, top tens. And it really did. I, once I kind of looked at that, it broke down a little bit. I didn't, there were some situations, you know, I mean, Jonathan Davenport, obviously he only ran five races during uh, speed weeks, didn't win. He had two top fives and he was in, you know, he was, he, he certainly wasn't slow in his, his starts. And I don't think you could be like, well, that guy doesn't, he's not a top 25 driver. So he has to be in there, even though he has a lot less starts than um, so many other guys. And, you know, the same things with just the guys who ran back there at, uh, uh, at the Wild West shootout, like Bobby Pierce was good out there. So I, I factored that in also. I'm like, I, he, he's clearly a top 20. He would have been in the mix if he was down in Florida. Uh, Ricky Weiss, he was in Florida, not racing. For the last time he raced was back at Wild West shootout, and he had a bunch of top 10s out there. I'm like, I, I think he'd have been in the, he, he'd have been a contender also uh, uh, in, in speed, at Speed Week. So I kind of used that, and it, and it did, that, that was my method of uh, figuring it out. And, and then I just like, well, this guy, who would I take this guy over this guy? I mean, there was a guy like uh, Jimmy Owens who has a win at Speed Weeks, but that was his only top five finish. He wasn't really super impressive other than that win. And I think he would even say that. So I'm not, I weighted him down a little bit farther, a little bit further in the list because he wasn't, uh, uh, he wasn't a strong overall during the entire, during the entire stretch of race. And, I think when I'm looking at the list, it really kind of came out. Uh, I think there's only one guy on the top 25 list that I that I had that ended up not being on it. I think that would have been uh, you know, Ricky Weiss, actually. So um, I think uh, we were pretty much all in the same kind of wavelength there uh, when we do, and that's that's pretty cool to see how it kind of shakes out after you do your own poll and how how, how your how your listing comes out compared to everybody else's in the Kind of, kind of seems like it was uh, mine. Might come out well, like compared to everyone. So I'm, I'm happy with my selections. Well, I'm glad you're happy, Kovac. That's all that matters in this <laughs> podcast. That's right. As long as Kovac's happy, that's all that matters. And Robert, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm always excited to do this first poll, just because it's kind of still like the preseason. You saw a little bit of the uh, race action. Obviously, it's only a twelfth of what we're going to see all year. It's kind of tough. You're like, okay, Turbo won this race, but it was in January. How do you do it, Volusia? Just always seems like it's tough decision making, I guess. But it's exciting, tough decision making. Yeah, I like to. Uh, I'm kind of like Kevin, and that I like to look at my how I voted compared to how they actually turned out to see if I'm 
in the right ballpark with with everybody's way of thinking and not that you have to be by any stretch but uh, I do I don't want to be way out in left field you know with uh, with a guy who who can't get out of his own way and I vote him in or, or something like that you know I want to make sure that we're all kind of on the same wavelength like you said and you know you look at my my poll I think there's I have two guys on on mine that uh, didn't make the the top 25 and that's a Dalton Wilson and Mark Whitener uh, I just think that they showed enough speed during speed weeks, the last part of speed weeks, to to get into the top 25. But everybody didn't feel that way. So uh, the great thing about uh, making sure that you do vote for someone like that is that even though they might not crack the 25, they still get on that uh, that honorable mention list. It's at the bottom, so they still, you know, they can see that they're close. Uh, and I and I kind of like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I enjoy – it's kind of tricky. I actually like the fact that we ditched the preseason poll this year. We ditched what we thought was going to happen and just kind of waited to, to get all these – because there's so many races this first, you know, six weeks of the year. We kind of waited to see how things panned out. Then we could put a true poll up there and just move forward instead of having drivers, you know, come and go after that first week or, you know, I, I'm glad that – that we decided not to go with a preseason poll. Uh, clearly, Devin Moran should be at the top. Uh, I think there's only one guy that I ranked a little bit higher than than everyone else where it panned out, and that's probably uh, Kyle Larson. Uh, I had him in there at 12th, and, uh, and he didn't. But everything else that I have is really, really close. Um, and so so I'm, I'm – satisfied i'm not gonna i'm not happy like kevin but i'm definitely satisfied with with the way you know i, I put dennis herb at seven i put mike marler at 14 and, and they're all really close to where things uh you know and you look at a guy like you mentioned it and i was going to mention a guy like mark Mar mike marler who had a ton of success in new mexico and we we dang near forget about it you know i mean he this is a guy that's won a twenty five thousand dollar win race already uh, but of course, the competition in New Mexico wasn't quite as high as it was during Speed Weeks either. You know, it was a tough nut to crack down there in Speed Weeks this year. It was just very, very difficult. So, uh, the competition level not being what it uh, in New Mexico what it was, uh, in, you know, during Georgia Florida Speed Weeks has a lot to do with that. And but then you got to kind of show the guy a little consideration because he comes the first half of Speed Weeks in someone else's car and really, really struggled to have any speed at all. He struggled to even, you know, get out of his own way at times. And then he comes back in his own car the last week of speed weeks and is and really has shows that kind of speed that he showed in New Mexico. So it's kind of a it's a it's kind of difficult uh at times, but again, I'm I'm satisfied with the way it came out. Uh I think that uh it gives us a really good starting point, a good leaping off point moving forward. Guys, I've always wanted to do this as a host. I want to do a buy or sell portion of the podcast. So looking at the top 25 currently, we're going to ask, who would you buy stock in? So that means who's going to be elevated and be worth the money right now. And then we'll do, we'll go around again and do sell. So Kovac, looking at the current rankings, who are you buying? Oh, uh, I, it's it's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty simple one right now. When I just look at these rankings, I see at number eleven. I see Jonathan Davenport. 
that is not going to be a Jonathan Davenport. You're getting you're getting him at a, at about the lowest point you could get him. I think if he if you buy him at number eleven. So uh, I'm I'm taking Jonathan Davenport, and he's going straight to the top five, probably top three, very quickly uh, once he starts getting rolling here uh, and, and getting races under his belt, uh, considering he only has five so far. Uh, give me give me Jonathan Davenport right there. There's other candidates I, I when I look through, but man. I think Jonathan Davenport will be going up very quickly. Uh, his stock's kind of like AMC last year where everybody's just buying, buying, buying. It's at a low, low cost, and all of a sudden it goes to the moon. So I like that pick. And it's like what uh, Rigsby said. He wasn't at speed week, so all eyes kind of lost JD a little bit. He didn't win, so he's going to try to concentrate on the big money races. I know he's going to race at the Rev here in a couple weeks, so let's see if JD can get back on track and Kovac is right. I'm going to go with Hudson O'Neill. Obviously, I can't pick JD, so I'm going to pick somebody different. Hudson O'Neill, he kind of struggled at Volusia. I just think that guy, if they can get their qualifying together, he's going to win some big races. He's always consistent for the most part. He'll always be around the top five, and I think he'll finish towards the fifth or sixth range. So I'm going to go with Hudson O'Neill. Big shot, Bob. What do you think? I'm going to, since you guys took, uh, I mean, come on, low-hanging fruit there with uh, J.D., right? Uh, but uh, since uh, since you guys took those two off the table, I'm going to go with the steady money of uh, Bobby Pierce. I think at a 16, I think when Bobby Pierce gets rolling with his races in the summer, I think he's going to make me a lot of money. He's going to win those uh, those races in the Midwest. And it's not going to be a huge return right off the bat, but it's going to be uh, a slow and steady return that's gonna it's gonna be good throughout the year so i'm gonna go with bobby pierce you describing that robert reminds me of william wallace and braveheart where you're like hold hold and wait until the summertime to get all the big uh money and profit out of that so i do like that pick all right kevin looking at the rankings who would you sell and you think's gonna have a mediocre year is gonna struggle towards the end uh if i'm looking at it there top tens maybe uh uh Dennis Herb Jr. might be a little bit high at seven right now. Uh, just judging on his body of work, I mean, this could be the year that he that he stays up in in the top ten for the duration. Not 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 making a comment on on uh, on Robert's boy here, but uh, yeah, he had a great speed weeks. I mean, with the two wins, I mean, not many guys can. Uh, I mean, that, that, that often it happens. You win at two different racetracks, and he was strong. Uh, East Bay, he kind of settled back into the you know tenth to twelfth place uh, range after that first win uh, to begin the week. So he wasn't, he didn't keep that consistency of running up front going the entire time. Uh, so I, I would say he would, he's going to be a top twenty-five guy all year, no doubt. I mean, there's, I, I can't see Dennis Herb Jr. falling out of the top twenty-five, especially the way he started. Uh, but I would say that uh, I would make my most money if I'm selling right now at number seven, Robert. Are you okay with this? Do you want to punch Kevin for saying your boy's going to drop down a little bit or what? No, no. I mean, I don't think that – I mean, that's – a. if you look at what we're dealing with here, you know, historically, uh, that's not a bad pick at all. I mean, you, you probably expect Dennis to, to eventually drift into that 10 to 12 range maybe, you know, maybe lower, but somewhere in that range and kind of stay there all year long because I think he's probably going to – uh win a few more races he showed a ton of speed so i can't imagine him him coming out of florida with this kind of speed and not winning a couple races so like kevin said he's gonna stay there but i just uh it's gonna be hard especially if we're predicting these other guys to move up 
it's going to be hard for him to stay kind of uh, right there at, at number seven. But, uh, uh, you know, my, my pick, I, I'm going to have to uh, probably pick, I'm going to go higher and with Dale McDowell uh, and just say that uh, based, on, based on McDowell's limited schedule, that he he's not going to be able to be able to stay right there because sometimes when you're not racing week after week after week, people kind of like, well, this guy raced and won, so we're going to move him up. So uh, I'm going to go with Dale McDowell. I don't think he's going to stay at number four uh, throughout the year. I, I also, though, think that McDowell is a top ten throughout the year. I just don't think he's going to be able to stay at four. You took mine, Robert, and I – was hoping I'd be wrong on that one just because I love Dale McDowell. He's always competitive, but like you said, it's just depending on how much he's going to race this year, which, you know, after what happened last year with the cancer towards the end of his season in 2021, maybe he's going to decide, you know what, let's just go out there and race full bore. So that's a good pick. So I guess, oh, man, you picked mine. I'm just going to go, and I hope I'm wrong, I'm just going to go with Devin Moran. I just don't think he's going to continue that number one ranking. I'm not going to say that. He's going to be in the top five all year, which he's definitely capable of, and I think he's going to win lots of races. I just think maybe he's going to fall down maybe to the fourth, fifth, or sixth range and not be number one all year. So he's going to lose a little value, but not much. So I'm going to sell Devin Moran because I just think Brandon Overton, Davenport's of the Worlds are going to win a lot of the crown jewels or at least be the favorites of it until Devin can win you know, one of those big ones. He's got to prove me otherwise, so I'm going to sell him. What do you think, Kovac? Is that a bad sell or not? Yeah, that's not a bad sell. I mean, there's uh, he has to prove it for the other guys have proven it over the course of an entire season that they could be a, you know, a top three or top five guy. Uh, Devin last year, he he showed that he he's has the potential there. I mean, it wasn't wasn't on a national tour, but he had a heck of a season. So I think this year it's going to have to be he's going to have to show that he can stay up there for the uh, for the duration of a season like those other drivers have in their past. Again, all three of us hope that we're wrong on these selling points, so and hope we're right in the buy. So that's a maybe. Maybe you should just throw Scott Bloomquist in there, right, Derek? Maybe Scott Bloomquist isn't even in the top twenty-five. I think you said he's going to win the million, right? Or did he say he's going to win the million? He told me at three in the morning in St. Louis when I saw him after the races. He wasn't. He was already liquored up. He said, "If you do not bet me." then you are crazy because he said he's going to be the favorite. He's going to be dialed in. Well, this is, of course, I think five or six crown shots deep. But nonetheless, Scott Blomquist is very confident going into the 2022 season. He started in March, and he really does think he's going to be a favorite at the at the million here in June. So, as always, guys, we always end the show on one more thing. Let's see. I'll let Robert go first. He feels like he's a little antsy down there. It's been a quiet week. Suave, I will just uh, say congratulations to Christian Hanger for winning uh, Winterfest at uh, at Duck River Speedway. They had uh, you know new owners there at D- Duck River, a new promoter, uh, like about 150, 60 cars, something like that total. I think it drew 28 uh, super late models. So not a bad start for, for them at, at Duck River Speedway. Uh, to kick off their year. Now, I will say that they had 11 divisions, which is uh, not really that cool. Uh, you know, they started, the gates opened around 8, and they were still, you know, still racing about 8 o'clock that night or later. So you're looking at 12 hours at the racetrack, which is is not cool. But I don't expect that to be a, 
I don't expect that to be, you know, a, a common thing. Uh, I think they'll they'll definitely get things worked out. And a lot of times when you start a race really early, it kind of gives you a false sense of, of uh, uh, I guess, you know, a false sense of being. And, and in fact, that like, oh, we've got all day to get this in when really they should be going at the same rate as if they started at 6 p.m. But at any rate, uh, 11 divisions, not that great, but 28 supers, 160-something like cars in the, in the field. So, uh, you know, so good job over there at Duck River, and, and hopefully they'll have a, a good season. Also want to give a shout-out to Jonathan Clayton because he drove all the way from Florida back to Champaign on Sunday, but he decided to stop at Duck River to see the features. So JC, he's always going to the races. He's a he's a workhorse, so I'm going to give him a little shout-out there. I texted him and said, you're crazy, man. I'm ready to go home, but he loves racing. And he said, you know what? It's on the way home. I might as well go check it out. So shout-out to JC. And uh, what do you got, Kovac? Uh, I just want to mention that the Speed Week's hangover is uh, is real, I think. Uh, after, I, I don't know, maybe Derek would agree. Robert would probably agree from the past and this year, like his stretch of the, you know, the week and a half, I think it was or so, that he did uh, right before the, you know, with Green with Golden Isles and All Tech and Bubba Raceway Park. Uh, you get back from Speed Week's uh, long stretch of this racing almost every night of the week if there's no rain out, so... And uh, I don't know, you got to get back into regular life here, I think. You know, now you, you're in your, you're at the races, you're in, you, number one, you're in your racetracks language a little bit. You know, you got to kind of tone down the, uh, maybe some of the things you might be saying in the pits that just come naturally flowing out <laughs> because you're within, well, the racing people, uh, a little more colorful language, I guess. And, uh, and then you get back home and, man, I, I, I see it with, all, I could see it with all the race car drivers too and the teams. You have these guys that have been on the road for 40 days. Uh, I think that's what I think that's what Wiley Moran said. They had been, you know, left. The, it's 40 days on the road for them um, since the middle yeah. of January. They get home. Yeah, right. I mean, you get home and you're in like a different, if, especially the drivers with kids and crew guys with kids and everybody. And uh, you get home and they've been at home the whole time on a regular schedule. And here you come home and you're like... <laughs> You're used to going to bed at two in the morning and waking up later in the morning uh, because of the schedule of the races. And you got to kind of readjust. You got to readjust your eating schedules because you don't have a normal supper time and all that. So uh, I'm just saying. And then you got to get a little bit of catch up on sleep, too. I know that. I mean, I she's I think I could have slept uh, for two days straight here today. I mean, it kind of caught up with me today, this morning after uh I got back a little bit later on sun on Sunday and then Monday. Some for some reason I had scheduled a doctor appointment on Monday after speed weeks. I have no reason, I have no idea why I did that just for a checkup. That was kind of crazy. Probably the worst idea you ever could do. Well, I mean I was bad. I came out with through with flying colors though. So I'm good. No, it was good. I was I was amazed. I thought something would be crazy there, but no. <laughs> Everything's good, but I'm just saying speed weeks hangovers, everybody needs to recover. I can't believe that next year. How many guys that run speed weeks would go run those five races out in Las Vegas? They would be uh, that uh, that are scheduled by XR. I mean, thank God those guys will be super tired just after speed weeks is over. So, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but anyway, glad to be over, glad to be done, and uh, and everybody can kind of catch their breath and, and and go on to the next ones now. Well, I'm glad you know everything was okay at the doctor. Did you get a lollipop or something <laughs> after for being a good boy? Go back. I should have got a sticker or something, you know, like maybe a little sticker. You're good, you know, or something like that. I didn't die. <laughs> Your sticker would say. Right. My uh, one more thing is I don't think in the history, at least of the 10 years I've been coming to 
Volusia that we gained cars by the end of the week <laughs> and the start of the week. After racing for five or six weeks now, racing every day, never in my mind or in this world would I ever have thought that we would have had more cars than we did. So we had you know close to 60 at Volusia, and then we had close to 40 at 411. So that's 100 super late models racing for money in February. So I thought that was pretty cool that racing is pretty strong, despite people complaining about shortages and inflation and stuff like that. So I don't know. I thought that was a, a neat stat that we had 100 cars racing this past weekend, Robert. It was definitely a, a, a surprise most of the time which, you know, I'm the type of person that let's go when the gates are open. If we can afford it and go, we're going to try to, to run them all. But I think you probably had a few guys that are like, let's kind of wait. Let's kind of wait some of the some of the carnage out. Then we'll show up towards the end and try to catch a few races this weekend. So, uh, but yeah, it was definitely, I don't know if it's just a, an anomaly or if it's something we'll see in the future. But, you know, it's definitely uh, uh, interesting to see how the car count was bumped a smidge. And, uh, and obviously a good car count at 411 as well. All right, before we end the show, I know we did that. One final thing. Let's do a moment of silence, guys, for the third consecutive year in a row we could not go to Ocean Deck because we got zero rainouts at Volusia. So let's do a moment of silence. I'll count to five. It was just Heartbreak City, wasn't it, Kovac? No Ocean Deck this year. Uh, yeah, I, don't know, I know, yeah. We, 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 we thought we had a shot there. It looked like Friday, uh, the whole long-range weather forecast on for Friday of Volusia was looking pretty wet and rainy most of the time, uh, like from a week out and even into maybe five days before. And then suddenly it's like, oh, no, it just kept going down. And we had to give up our, our dream of being able to go over there, <laughs> right, Derek? So uh, we, we never got into Daytona uh, to, to go hang out with everybody. But eh, we saw them off the races, didn't we? As what the Cubs fans always said before 2016, there's always next year. So hopefully we can hit up the deck. Robert comes down and hangs out with the boys. It'd be uh, greatly appreciated. But we're going to end the show. It was a great show. Good topics. People listening. Make sure you check out all the writings, all the blogs, all the editorial stuff that these guys have done. The stats that Todd has made, it's so much information. You will love it. The stories are great. Make sure you check out the videos, the recaps, the one lap, one beer of Shane Clan, and plenty of stuff from post-speed weeks. But, guys, we're going to gear up for the season. We're headed to March, riding this wave. It's going to be a fun time. Thanks for everybody listening. Check us out next Wednesday.